Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome back to the School of Last podcast. My name is Rick Roberts, the host and the sponsor of the podcast with the School of Last. Across the table from me are extremely, incredibly gifted producer Gavin Miller. How's it going, sir? It's going good. Having a good summer so far? Yeah, yeah, too hot, but yeah. Yeah, we had an extended spring here in Nashville, Tennessee, and then the last month it's pretty much been it's, 90 to 100 every day. Yeah, with the humidity. Yeah, it's rained. I think this we're in a 48-hour period where it hasn't rained right now, but it's rained almost every 36 hours it's, in the past month. Yeah. We've got to be at our all-time high level for next year's rain yeah. precipitation possibility. So I don't know what it's like where you're all at, but i tell you one thing. The temperature's right for comedy, my friends. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> oh, we can do a lot more than that. Oh, the barometer of comedy is about to punch right on through the dew point of oh, God. humor. Okay. Thank you. That's all your time you got today. Where'd everybody go? Where'd they go? I thought we had a listener over there. They're gone. Okay. Now, we've got a fun podcast today. We just watched the uh, first episode of the new Jim Gaffigan show on yeah. TV Land last night, and we're going to dedicate this podcast to you on behalf of Jim Gaffigan. Seven things you can learn from Jim and his career so far, things yeah. that you can absolutely do in your own career, uh, but very uh, shown very well with great examples by Mr. Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. So that's cool. So make sure you m- make yourself a bacon sandwich as you, eat, <laughs> as you eat your way through this podcast. Like he pretty much ate his way through the show last night. Did You, okay. you watched it, right? Yeah. I, the 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 thing that shocked me is, and knowing uh you know because my degrees in film, I, I was thinking he's in eating in every single scene, uh, like. Yeah. But you have to do multiple takes of every scene. He's going to be sick of food. Like his next hour is going to be forget it. I was wrong. Don't just food. <laughs> ugh, it's disgusting. I know. I mean, he must have gone through forty of those like pickles and like thirties pretzels and that all that huge stuff. pretzel that pretzel was like God. a wagon wheel i mean he was probably wanting to vomit after all that you know it's funny uh, a long time ago this was probably 14 years ago i did a series of west virginia lottery commercials oh yeah and it was a series called the backyard games and it's kind of like a, a tip of the hat to the olympics right so whatever olympic year that would have been back yeah. to 90 or something and uh, I was with the improv group, and we had this one scene where one of the Olympic backyard contests was a hot dog eating contest. <laughs> and so uh, the first two takes, like, I ate the whole hot dog, oh. you know. Then the producer goes, no, no, give him the, give him the spit bucket. And they had a big bucket, so I could take two <laughs> bites. And when they said cut, I would spit the rest of the hot yeah. dog out. And, it, I don't know, it took ten takes. He had it from every different angle. They had a, a boom and everything from upwards looking down. So It's disgusting after you have – it's like, I don't want this, and I don't even want to see it anymore. Maybe the last time I actually had a hot dog. I can't it's, remember the last time I actually – man, it may have been 14 years ago. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, on his show, man, like uh, every scene, every, every possible one. scene. I didn't see him eating anything in the uh, doctor's office, <laughs> but he could, he could have had a corn dog yeah. or something in there. <laughs> So yeah. pretty good show. Uh, yeah, really good. You know, the only let me ask you because you know we've got different TVs and different sound systems set up. The very beginning of the show seemed to have a weird mix on my TV. Like the music was way too loud in that first segment. Yeah, agree yeah, yeah, or yeah. disagree? Yeah, um, there was a few things that I thought made it look a little. It looked a little different and it sounded a little different, and so it took me a minute to kind of uh, get into that. 
um, and there's I think it's some sometimes when you use different cameras and when you use different video technology that it will either pull uh, your audience in or p- push them out. <laughs> so for a second there, I was like, okay, let me get used to this visually and the audio and stuff. And then it was like, okay, now I'm in. Yeah, it was, it was really quick paced and tightly cropped. Like Super. every frame was really tight in yeah. there. Yeah, like I don't know if I mean it's just the style choice of the of the people shooting it, but yeah, it a little claustrophobic there, especially <laughs> when you had the five kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. pretty well paced. Uh, lots of jokes in there. Lots of jokes from a stand up. Yeah, uh, people asking what it's like to have five kids. Pretend you're drowning and somebody throws you a baby. A baby, yeah. You know, so that's funny. And uh, but I got excited, even though I know that joke so well. Uh-huh. Like I still got excited when I saw him like going into it. I was like. Oh, and good. Yeah. Like, it was like, ah, oh, it works. It right. still works. I like the fact that it is, you know, ra- well, we didn't see any stand-up last night, but it's basically him talking about him as stand-up. So it's not yeah. It's not a created character. It's pretty much him. Yeah. You know. No, the the thing where he walks, uh, I mean, literally the beginning of the show where he's w- walking off stage and walking home super happy and then all of a sudden, like, handed a baby. That was, like, a great, like, this is what this is all about. You yeah. know, he was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it does a good, it was a good show. So I'm yeah. going to definitely DVR it and watch the season. Yeah. Uh, but as I was watching it, I'm like, man, here's a guy who has been around for a while now, but he's he seems to be like, you know, probably Louis C.K., I guess. He, maybe he's hit the apex and just sliding down a tiny bit. Right. Uh, but he's still at that super, super high level. Yeah. And Gaffigan, I think, has got to be right behind him. You know, Seinfeld's backed off. He's just doing his web thing. Uh, Chris Rock's kind of cooled off a little bit here yeah. lately. Uh, Kevin Hart's still gaining some traction, but I don't know if anybody is getting as much work or as much exposure as Catholic. And what do you think? Yeah, nobody's doing the the broad based uh, appeal mm-hmm. thing. Everybody's sort of got their niches, but like even Louis C.K. That's not a broad appeal show. No, not at I all. I mean, you got to be pretty hip to be like, I love that show, right? <laughs> you know, it's very this, this one. This one, if you liked, I mean. This sounds weird, but if, if you liked Cosby, the, the Cosby Show, or something, you would like this show. But also, as a comedian, you would like this show. It's it's it's, right. it's able to hit that broad market, you know? right? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So we're going to talk about seven things you can learn just from the career of Jim Gaffigan. I'm sure this is about <laughs> many different comics out there as well, but I thought yeah. we'd frame it up like that today. Uh, one is your life is rich with material. <laughs> Right, yes. uh, you don't have to have five babies to right. to write a joke, um, but if you've got five babies, you've got a lot of jokes. <laughs> and yeah. I thought that it's pretty cool that you know, unlike some like Seinfeld, never talked about his kids or anything. Never, you know, never. And, you know, after a while, you're like, okay, I don't care anyhow. Right. Yeah. But it's it's a whole ripe area of real relationship, true, honest reality that you can dig into and yes. pull some yeah. stuff out, and it's it relatable. Super relatable because yeah. you know even if you don't have kids, you are somebody's kid. Yes. Yeah. Even if you're not a parent, you had parents, or yeah. you wouldn't be here. You know? And you see people with kids. It's not like oh well, I don't know about being a car mechanic. I can't relate to that. You know. Yeah. Well, you're like his buddy that's hanging on the other side of the fence, won't even go into the playground. Yeah, I know. Like I've seen you hold a baby once in a picture. Yeah. But that's what do you say? That place is that right. That baby with was on a lot of drugs and was not moving. Yeah. 
was not sneezing on you. Yeah. But there's so much there, and, you know, he's not afraid to talk about his wife and the dynamics, even very intimate relationship things like getting the vasectomy. Yeah, that was great. I thought it was an interesting choice to lead the series off. Heck of a way to lead the series off, yeah. And you even mentioned before we rolled the tape, like it's... Even for TV land, it's a little edgy for them. It was a little edgy for them, but but it was all it was it was edgy subjects, but all in uh, all in a very um, I don't know relatable you, context. Yeah, re- yeah, and safe. It wasn't mm-hmm. super edgy, and it didn't get worse. Like it was just it sort of like pushed a little bit, and then came back a little bit. You know, right? And it was very. Uh you know, they didn't use any terms that weren't medical. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know, it's very yeah. like uh, <laughs> yeah. straight up. But the terms were scary enough to where any guy has to go, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to do this one or not. Yeah. And then Fred uh, Armiston as the doctor was great. Yeah, I thought <laughs> yeah, he, was, he, was, he was so deadpan. Yeah, that. I know. <laughs> really, really good stuff. Um, so, yeah, lots of good stuff. Dynamics with his wife, dynamics with his kids, which I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of that. You know, the first pilot episode just is so much character development and yeah. setting up, you know, kind of the backstory totally. of everybody. And and they did it pretty quickly. I thought that one little um, diner scene they did where he's like, you know, who's the first guy that took you oh, yeah. to New York City? <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, Greg Gerardo. Okay, who is this guy? And like, he kind of gave you a nice context of of, of his real life. I yeah. mean, I think and those are real snippets of information from his real life. Yeah, and even, even the, absolutely, and even the... Um, the, when he's walking out of the comedy club, you, the whole room is filled with all of his friends' comedians. <laughs> you know, they're all the comedians in there. It was that part was really cool too. Yeah, he did a really good job. So, yeah. don't be afraid to look at your life and pull out some truth things. For sure. Um, it's funny. I just had an email the other day from a student, and she was like. Uh, how much can I get away with all this fiction-based comedy? Because I like to write stuff that's really out there, but it's people just stare at me. I'm like, you know, <laughs> you know, that's tough. And the one, just the thing I told her was, you can get crazy with material, but if you keep it based in reality and the premise, then you can get kind of crazy with the what ifs after. Exactly. Yeah. It's harder. It's not impossible, but it's harder to get the audience on board with the what if and the premise, and then try to get it crazier because you've already kind of been crazy at the beginning. Right. Yeah. So. It's definitely a choice, and it's a hard choice because you gotta go with it. It's like being an angry comic and then also trying to be a nice comic. Well, that's like, true. It's you two different styles. Yeah, you can't like push the audience in one way and then go, "Well, why didn't you laugh at that? I'm a nice guy." Like, right. You know, <laughs> it's like what you know. You laughed at this crazy stuff that I had about you know a unicorn over here. You know, some uh, you know Hobbit references or something like that. And then now you're not laughing at my stuff about my family. It's like. Because they, yeah, because they don't know, they don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> they don't, and it's it's you can't really jump back and forth between those. Yeah, you, you have know? to stay on one side or the other. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of made me think. Um, I worked a couple of times with uh, Rob Schneider. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. The hey, that guy, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in his early stand up, I think even before he got Saturday Night Live, you know, I saw some clips where he's talking about opening his refrigerator, and there's a little tiny Elvis in there, and he's just yeah, he's just finding ways to do his Elvis impersonation. Right, exactly, yeah. And then the last time I worked with him, he was really trying to get back into stand up after a pretty long time off, and it was about real stuff, and you yeah, know, I think he, if I'm not mistaken, married a Spanish lady or something like that. So okay. he's just talking about real dynamical sure. stuff. And you can't just drop in a tiny Elvis in your refrigerator in the middle of that. Right. So it's kind of like total switching gears. So the commitment on that is uh, is definite. It's deep. Yeah, you got to go hard <laughs> into it and yeah. hope they come along yeah. or pick one or the other. So definitely don't be afraid to dig into your life for some material. Uh, second thing that we can learn from old Jim Gaffigan is how to think like an audience member and get bigger laughs. Yeah. You know, we're always trying to think like comedians. 
all the right. time, trying to find the funny thing. Where can I show him where the odd thing isn't here? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what he does in his stand-up, of course, is that little voice in his head. This guy talks a lot about bacon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I like Hot Pockets. What's he talking about? <laughs> right. Yeah, that yeah. stuff. This yeah. guy's getting a little heavy. Maybe he does eat bacon. Right, yeah. yeah. If he got a tan, he'd explode. Yeah. <laughs> and so... You know, it's going to be impossible for us to jump on that and do that because it's his thing now. Totally, yeah. Uh, he's made it his thing. I think there was a couple guys before that did similar Yeah, there things. were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, I, I have that sort of in my memory. I can't think of them well, specifically. Kevin Neela did a subliminal guy on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also another stand-up. Wendy Lieberman used to do a little thing that was okay. kind of like a side note on everything. But anyway, it, that's his deal now, and we, you can't start dropping that voice right. into your act. Yeah. But... What you can do is after every last punchline or last tagline you have in a bit, think about what is the audience thinking right now when I'm saying this. That's probably mine. Let me get that. <laughs> Hold on. Let it roll. Could be That's the bat phone. It, it could be it. anyone right now. It is. It, it is. is Jim Gaffigan saying, "Please stop talking." Jim, sorry, buddy. <laughs> I did get the shipment of bacon. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Oh, thanks for the heads up. All right, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, had a pretty crazy morning, and uh, phone's going crazy. So anyway, yeah. uh, but we can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'd have been a great chance for some, somebody to sponsor the show right it, there. You could have called right in with the sponsor. That's the moment. Yeah, I totally could have done a uh, could have done a live read right there. So if you're selling something, give us a call. Yeah, we've got a couple things in the works, but uh, yeah. some delays. Anyhow, what I like about thinking like an audience member is it gives you the extra angle that you wouldn't have come up with yourself yeah 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 you know so like uh, i'm trying to think of one of my examples of my show i talk about my wife bringing up the topic of adoption mm -hmm. you know and i'm like i don't think anybody's gonna take our kids off our hands at this point right and then so i start thinking like the audience for a second and i'm like i can't believe she even said that and so i say that yeah like who are you i can't believe you oh. said that right so in that instance i was kind of putting myself in what the audience what, what, what's their uh, perception yeah. of what I just said, right. and then uh, sort of address that perception? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. If you do that, then they're going to think, oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And that's a way you can connect your material that maybe yeah. you weren't, you're just doing your own stand up and your own comedy, narrow little focus on your joke. Yeah. The, the hard part, or the I guess the most important part on it, is you have to be aware of how you or how the joke is perceived. <laughs> right. I When I first started and, and I was given a little bit of feedback, my perception of how I was received was very different from the reality of how I was perceived. And so all of a sudden that was really different. Yeah, you hated yourself and other people liked you. <laughs> yeah. If I'm, well, if I'm right? That's what it is? No, that was, that was totally it. Because yeah. I'd spent, I, you know, I just had in my mind that I was physically this other like sort of a weaker nerdy type person and then all of a sudden when uh we were in the class and we got some feedback and <laughs> the feedback where you keep your mouth shut and someone else tells you what they think of you right like uh all of a sudden they were like yeah no you look like this great guy you look like you know you're a kind of manly man with a beard and you're doing some woodworking and you're you know this and that and i was like oh really and they're like yeah that's that's what you look like that's how we see you that's yeah. how that's how you are perceived and i was like Oh, well, now I have to... And they were saying that the joke didn't make sense right. that I was saying because of that. Right. And you, I was you like, You thought you were oh. a flounder. Yeah. And they thought you were like uh, yeah. some handyman, <laughs> tool, tool time guy. Yeah, yeah. So, no, but that was... that. But now, now when I'm thinking about jokes and stuff, I think, okay, well, how how is that actually going to be perceived? Mm -hmm. Like, 
from the audience's perspective, since they're seeing someone who I guess they don't, I don't think I am, right? <laughs> but they see that, so yeah. Yeah. I step into their shoes a little bit, and then I can write a couple things based on that. Yeah, and it especially is handy when you have a, a topic that is divisive or controversial or a hot-button topic. Yeah. Uh, we talk in our writing class here a lot about writing for all sides of the issue. Right. So that when somebody groans or they boo you, you can show them that you're smart enough to know their side of the of the Yes. Po- you know, their point of view as well. Yeah. And say something funny from that angle, yep. and then boom, win them back over. Yeah. So think about the audience. Think about, and it's going to change a little bit with different audiences you're in front of. <laughs> yeah. But each joke should be solid enough to where you know exactly where you're at at the end. Then look that's, at it from somebody else's point of view. That's the goal, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, another idea that we can take from Jim Gaffigan is that a joke is never over, or you've never found out every angle on a joke yet. Yeah. And specifically a topic. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned bacon already. Uh, just all the food jokes he has. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of like the Weird Al Yankovic of stand-up. If you if you think about Weird Al, he had probably yeah. thirty songs about food. Right. Yeah. Eat it. You know. And, you know, I could go look at his Wikipedia page, but like ten. Yeah. Ten out of every fifteen is about food. Food. Yep. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. It's a safe topic. It's I guess it's on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so we all interact with food on a yeah. daily basis. Yeah. If we're lucky. <laughs> if not, Gavin will do a joke about yeah. you. <laughs> but. It's a uh, it's a safe area, and I, it's just odd to me that so many comics do the the food thing. I think, but nobody think, does it as deep as he does. But here's here's what maybe, I think. maybe John Panette. Yeah, here's what I think he tapped into, and and some of those other guys don't uh, they don't touch this. He is actually going, and this goes back to like finding the the relatable truth of the situation. Like he he uh, is relating to the fact that he feels terrible when he's eating the food and he has those feelings of like guilt and the things that we all feel and that we all try to hide from everyone else like we like lie to ourselves that like oh I love this kale salad I I would rather eat this kale salad than a pizza and he but he's telling a joke about eating the pizza but he but he's talking about the literally what he's talking about is the horrible feelings that we all feel when we just indulge in those things right and so that's how he's you know to me that's that's what where it's coming from you know yeah it's almost like he gives his feelings a voice in this show yeah and he can have a dialogue with him totally yeah hey that's interesting yeah i haven't really thought about that i probably don't mention any emotions in my entire show like i don't mention them by name like <laughs> yeah i might say i love doing this or something like that but i don't, I don't know if i talk ever about feeling guilty about something or afraid or ashamed yeah even though some jokes come from those points I don't know if I ever say those words out loud. Yeah, it's and if I did, then that an emotion be, can become a character in your set, right? That you can play back and forth off of. Yeah, he he. I think he does mm. that really well in in a very subtle way. Like you wouldn't necessarily know that that's what he's doing, but I think in a certain way, it's like almost like if he were having thera- food therapy or something, but in a comical way. Yeah, you know? and it's always like I know this is wrong, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm okay with it, but I. I am having. I'm okay with the negative feelings that I'm having about eating this pop tart or whatever. Right, you know, I want, the I want you to know that I'm aware of it, but I also want you to know that I'm aware that I'm not going to do anything about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Cool. So, jokes never over. You can definitely find many more angles on it and for dive sure. deeper into it. Another thing that I've just noticed from watching him for a while now is to do more. You've got to surround yourself with more people who uh, can enable you to achieve more success. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to go out and be the only guy or the only gal in your camp and yeah. just 
boom you know every night it's funny on stage then it's quiet and sad afterwards you know <laughs> yeah and that's a big majority of the I, comics out yeah. there there's no yeah. no sugar coat in that but to you know he married a, a gal that is you know great writer and yeah. she had a theater background and performance stuff so he instead of finding somebody that could deal with him he found somebody that was on his level or even higher right that could you know help not only his career but just he's always in that place of being around funny people something relatable uh, as well yeah that's cool yeah so it's, you know i'm not saying go out there and get married to somebody funnier than you but <laughs> it doesn't hurt uh, but he found a way and not just that like if you look at the people who are on his tv show yeah i mean lots of oh people he's worked with lots gosh. he's bringing lots of people along yeah every minute i was like holy cow they're on the show yeah. like he got a lot of people on that show and if you just look at the credits it's like crazy <laughs> yeah he texted a, a picture the other day or twittered it or whatever you call that stuff tweeted it <laughs> and he just had a list like the people that are on the opening episode he's like yeah i can't believe i tricked all these people to be on my show yeah uh, but man, it's a laundry list, and I know a bunch of people that are on the show in one way or the other, and it's just pretty cool that he's bringing them along. Totally, but yeah. he's also the people he's bringing along are high caliber writers, yeah. high caliber uh, performers, concept people. So, you know, don't be afraid to surround your people, surround yourself with people that are much better at different things than you are. Totally, yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's a lot of comics are like, if if I didn't think of it, I'm never going to say it. Yeah. You know, well, I've learned in the past year just getting around some other comics and bouncing some ideas off like I used to do when I was in the condo with them, but right. I can't do because I'm doing corporate. Yeah. Uh, it just pays huge dividends to yeah. get out there and get some different points of view. So to do more, include more people in your process and yeah. in your progress. All right. Which leads right to the next one. Number five okay. is hard work matters at every level. Yeah. That's as, true. As hard as you think it is when you're just first starting, <laughs> nobody knows what your day is like except for you yeah once you get to the point where you've got management and that kind of stuff they're looking at what are you doing today yeah once you get a big break 10 more big break big breaks open up yeah and the level of work is only going to get yeah. heavier it's really only to allow you to do more work it's not to do less. You're not doing less work. You're, it's it's not here's, in stand. You never reach a point in stand up where you're like, I've made it now. I can back off. Yeah, because it just leads to bigger opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I, it, 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 sometimes it, you know it gets to be too much to handle. I think about Dave Chappelle when he was at his peak, and they were offering him crazy money to do right. another Comedy Central season and all yeah. that stuff. And he's like, ah, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. He yeah. just took off. We do have a call from Dave Chappelle on the line now. <laughs> Let's see. If we We're doing. This is the most unprofessional. That was my phone. This is so. This is all going terribly wrong. Just tell him we got the bacon. <laughs> we did get the bacon. Tell him we got the bacon. Yeah. All right. Holy cow. That's all right. It's a uh, midsummer. You word. then it's me. It is. I know our brains are turned off or little something. Little fried. Little fried. Little sinus pressure backing up in there. Possibly. <laughs> possibly dealing with malaria. Not too sure. Yeah. But, yeah, think about how much he's got going on. And I just thought, okay, the TV show's in production. He's got, I don't know how many episodes in the can and how many more to shoot. Then I just went over to his website to see, like, uh, he's probably backing off touring a little bit. No. No. The tour dates is incredible. Like, he, I, I'm imagining as soon as they get done shooting, he's hopping into the limo and then going to the airport and flying to where he's got to go. Yeah. It's just a crazy amount of dates. Uh, you know, booked solid all the way out through the New Year's Eve and Because past. you know his agent is like, hey, we just got, we just did right. the marketing on basically your TV show is marketing, and so now we're going to go sell a bunch of tickets right. in much bigger venues. Everyone's going to come see you. 
Yeah, it's pretty pretty. And then, awesome. by the way, what do you have any ideas for season two? Right, like yeah, you yeah. know, be writing that. While <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. So don't think that there's any point ever where you can just back off and go, "I've made it." Yeah, you can get to points where you can coast, and if you're happy with that. But I think really the second you start coasting, there's never another bump up. Yeah. Once people see you coast, they're not offering you any opportunities. Yeah, and there's there's a difference between uh, coasting and uh, taking a step back, like like taking a little time yeah, off. Yeah, that, That's like a different thing. But but you can very easily trick yourself into, I'm just taking a little time off, I'm just relaxing, I worked so hard, and it's like, well, really, you're coasting and you're not staying at the same spot. You're actually going down. Yeah, you can't coast uphill. <laughs> yeah tweet that that's a good tweet you can't coast up that here, Gavin. that makes up for the two phone calls <laughs> that we've received you know, during the show we were coasting by not turning off our phones <laughs> i got to the point where i thought no one was ever going to call me again so i just I left know. the ringer on uh, that was us too oh. that's hilarious well thanks for calling me during the show yeah. it's been a funny little gag we got going <laughs> so hard work matters at all levels don't ease up any momentum you get keep going with it okay yeah uh, another thing that i've noticed is he's able to self-promote through social media and still come off as humble, which is hard to do. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I see it super hard to do with open mic people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it at his level, how everything he could put out could be like, look at me, look at I know. me. And, but what he Anybody does. Anybody else sell this many tickets today? <laughs> right. Didn't think so. Right. But what he does really well is like turns the mirror back on his fans and on the people that are along for the ride. Yeah. And shows what fun this ride is, and I can't believe this has happened. And he's got mm-hmm. people taking picture of the Jim Gaffigan billboards and the signage on the side of buses and stuff. Yeah, uh, just to kind of like play with that. Yeah, like, you know, if you see totally. this, you know, show, you know, take a picture, send it to me. Yeah, and so it all kind of like builds a small snowball of promotion, but it's also saying I couldn't do this without y'all. Yeah, without your help, I couldn't be doing I any of this. And probably with five kids, he's also probably used to that feeling of. Get it, receiving help and being thankful for that help, and you know, y- you you definitely look more outside yourself, <laughs> right? You, and at that point, you definitely need it. Yeah, I can't imagine with five, and I know a few friends that have four and five kids, and it's and they, and they achieve a lot of I, things, but I, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, there's a there's there's a difference. Like you can have one, two, three kids, and then there's no difference between four and forty. Yeah, I mean because I used to be the director for preschool, and it was like so hard when you had two kids there because they're all they want your attention they want all these things from you and then after that you could have 40 kids they all just play with themselves they go they go do whatever you know it, that's much easier that's almost easier because you could just kind of command them they become large their groups. own little herd yeah 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 and they can take care of each other yeah it's it's funny like I, i'm just thinking off the top of my head i know a fellow named ed yeah ed you know who you are joe you know who you are <laughs> scott you know who you are you guys all have a ton of, of kids. How do you pull it off? Maybe we should get those guys on one day. Not to interview them, just to give them a break from yeah. the five kids. Yeah. But yeah. Off the top I'll of be head, doing child think, care on the side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. The, um, but, yeah, he enlists them, you know, enlists them in the show, makes them part of the show, Yeah, takes them on the road, got the tour bus. Yeah. They all go do it together. Yep. So it's pretty cool. And, he, and by showing them on the road and, and doing the different things, He's promoting himself, but he's also kind of giving you a totally. little glimpse inside. Yeah. yeah. And I've noticed also that he does. There's kind of there's a few different ratios that people throw out: eight to one, twelve to one, uh, jab, 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 right hook, four to one, where you, you know, you give away, give away, give away, then ask for something. Give okay. away, give away, give away, then ask for something. Okay. Wait. 
So I lost Ratio, you there. Yeah, for yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were in a boxing match for a second. <laughs> yeah. and then was, well, that's Gary Vanderchuk. <laughs> he does the jab, 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 right hook, which is a great book. But what he's basically saying is give people some free stuff and give them a lot of it, and then, boom, hit them with a the sales pitch. Okay. Then back off. And gotcha. kind of with, with Gav against social media, it's like, here's a picture of my wife. Mm-hmm. Here's a picture of the script. Here's a picture of the donuts. Here's another picture of the donuts. There's two less donuts. What happened to that donut? <laughs> And they do another picture of a billboard or whatever. And they'll say, hey, by the way, tickets just went on sale for yeah, Wichita. Okay. Yes. But he won't do like 10 of those Wichita grabs in a yeah, row. Yeah. And so that's what I'm talking about. He, he's able to give and then ask, and, and it's a pretty fair ratio. Who, who'd you say the book was a book? G- Gary Vanderchuk okay. is the right hook. Okay. Jab, 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 right hook. All right. Gotcha. Uh, the Gary V podcast. Great guy. If you don't know Gary Vanderchuk, he is like Mr. Wine guy. Okay. And he took a family business in New York from a small, you know, it was successful but small. And then when social media hit, he just made like a wine library and like oh, gotcha. a, a okay. weekly videos, daily videos. Yeah. And he's super active on, on social media. A good guy just to follow just to see how it's done. Yeah. Okay. But he's big on if you're going to put it out there, you just can't like let it sit. You got to respond to people who respond to it. Right. Gotcha. So good stuff there. Yeah. And then lastly, the seventh thing you can learn, I'm sure there's a million things you can learn, <laughs> but the seventh one for today, what you can learn from Jim Gaffigan, is to embrace the changing media landscape. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? Well, you know, probably 10 years ago, people would have laughed and, and poked fun of you if you got your sitcom on TV land. Right. Or, you know, like Mark Maron's on the IFC I, network or whatever. Yeah. Um, Dennis Leary's making a living off of S- <laughs> is it FX. I think so. He's got a second or third show on there. Yeah. What is changed now is once you get something made, it can be offered on demand mm-hmm. every day after it's made. So it's yep. just a matter of getting somebody to help you pony up and get the first thing rolling. Yes. Yeah. And then it's going to happen. You know, Seinfeld was, and I think he even said this in that Saturday Night Live reunion thing. Yeah. Did you watch that? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. I wasn't able to. It was a little weird. Like, there wasn't <laughs> a lot going on, but they had Seinfeld on stage. Right. And Larry David was in the audience. Yeah. And Larry's like, hey, Seinfeld, what's up, buddy? He's like, hey, yeah, we did. we were like the last ones to get on that big thing where you could be like on TV and everybody know you and there's only four channels uh, and people really watch. And, <laughs> yeah. And it was true. Like, that's really the last big sitcom, maybe. Everybody Loves Raymond, maybe, was after that still for a little while. Yeah. But after that, it's kind of like... It was like the Friends, Seinfeld. All those were massive. And then all of a sudden, uh, the the lesson I was told in my uh, communications class in, I think it was 2001, which was... Um, Every there's going to be a million channels, and so get ready to provide content for mm-hmm. very little money. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was coming true. Yeah, as soon as bandwidth was enough to download a TV show, yep, boom, things immediately changed. So I think it's great that Gaffigan is on TV land. I think it makes sense. Yeah, especially with a family-based show. Yeah. And I think even with the one that came on last night, the pilot, if you had little kids that were watching that, the anything with, that they wouldn't understand would have gone right over their head anyway. To- totally, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And so it's kind of cool having his kids on the show because they're like a barometer for what, yeah, what a family at home would be watching. Yeah. So nothing crazy, you know, nothing really crazy at all on the show as far as uh, content too edgy yeah. at all. But edgy for what you normally see from him and thinking yeah. for that network. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, gosh, I, I think the only other thing is on this uh, network is like reruns of like old Bonanza. shows. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what is on this show? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, maybe 
and probably they did pay up for some marketing i mean because mm-hmm. all of a sudden tv land was a word that i was saying yeah <laughs> like that and then it re-aired on comedy central so i'm, I'm curious about the maybe deal somebody there. owns somebody yeah else. yeah i'm really curious about how that sharing goes and i'm gonna try to find out some more about that but the, the key is get it done um there's guys out there that self-produce their own netflix specials yeah, yeah. uh recently who was it I'll think of the name in just a second, but did his entire comedy special that was it was recorded using iPhones. Was that oh David Hell? Oh, he did it, it, but also Owen Smith. Owen Smith okay, is Owen, the guy. I'm oh yeah, about. okay, okay. Um, so the technology is crazy now. It's it's so good. Yeah, so there's different ways to embrace it, and if you don't, if you're just holding out for the old time deals or holding out for the oh, old time ideals, it. just go create content. I mean, podcast is a good the, example of a way to reach people. Yes, that. I mean, this has blown me away in the past year that we've got people in different countries listening yeah. and participating and engaging. There's a lot of different things you can do out there besides just hitting the stage for seven minutes tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I hope those helped you out. Just run through them really quickly again. Seven things you can learn from Jim Gaffigan. One, your life is rich with material. Dig into it and write some jokes. Think like an audience member. After they hear your joke, what are they thinking? Write a joke about that. A joke is never over. You might have one joke about bacon, but Gaffigan's got 36. <laughs> Get on it. To do more, include more people. Surround yourself with people who can help you achieve greater things. Hard work matters at all levels. That's number five. If yeah. you think stuff's hard now, I mean, you may have people that will help you do some of the busy work, but yeah. your work will only get more as you go further. Yeah. So surround yourself with great people. Uh, you can promote yourself and still be humble. I yep. think if just follow Jim Gaffigan on Twitter, you'll see good examples of how to, to use social media. And then last, embrace the changing media landscape. You know, if you've got a great idea and you got a few dollars, go make a video, put it on YouTube, get the go, ball rolling. There's no reason not to do something. Yes, absolutely. So get out there, have fun with it, Gavin. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, not taking, selling taking our phones. Phone today. <laughs> I know. I'm going to make sure that we get that thing. Let's see oh, if they left the message. Oh, they did leave a message, so that's good at least. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to take these calls. <laughs> Remember. If you haven't jumped on... Oh, I do need to apologize. Oh. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, man, not a, it's a good news, bad news thing. <clears throat> so, first off, thanks for still listening, in case you were just about to tune out. Yeah, don't tune out yet. So, uh, a few weeks ago, I was trying to get some help on the School of Last website. Basically, it was a small tweak I wanted to make to get the, the banner on the homepage about a third of the size. Yeah. It just eats up so much room. And so, while somebody's in there tinkering around, they... They asked me, are you sending out newsletters from your MailChimp account or from WordPress? Yeah. And I said, I don't even know how to do it from WordPress. I'm sending it out from MailChimp. When they opt into my screen in the top there, they get on the Insider Tip newsletter, and then I shoot it out. They're like, well, um, something's wrong with the script, and people it's collecting names, but it's not sending it to MailChimp. Yeah. I said, where's it, where's it collecting them? And somewhere in this newsletter program, it had collected 497. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Insider tip subscribers. Oh. And it's funny because a few of you guys have emailed me in the past two or three months like, hey, I thought I was on that list already. Could you put me on it? And yeah. And put you on it. Sometimes you were on it and weren't getting it. Anyhow, a big chunk of you were in that newsletter list that I didn't even know about yeah. until a couple of days ago. And so I've now put you into the insider <laughs> tip mailing list on MailChimp, and you should have got your... Uh, on the 15th, yeah. your first newsletter in a long time. If you've never got one, you should be on there now. If you thought that you signed up in the past and you still didn't get anything on the 15th, yeah. then either check your spam folder or give me an email, shoot me an email or a Facebook message, and I'll make sure you're in there. But, yeah. man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and it's funny because I thought 
I thought we were doing okay, but I thought, man, more people should be opting in there because <laughs> we've given away a lot of information. Yeah. And lo and behold, you were in there. I just didn't know about it. Yeah. Major apologies. Um, I'm trying to think of something cool to do for you guys to make up for that. We'll but, just give our phone numbers out, and then we'll take calls on the air while we're... <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's what's going on. Let's go yeah. check those messages. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. Take care. Be safe. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.